Hello, 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 and welcome to the Drag Race Recap here on Reality TV Rehap Ups. I'm your host, Liana Boris, and we are here to talk about the finale and the reunion of season 14. Yes, we did it. We are here. Willow Pill has officially been crowned our sole winner of season 14. I know there is some speculation about some dual triple winners, but no, we have one queen reigning supreme and a lot to talk about with individual performances, the final lip sync, and of course, touching on all the drama from, from the reunion. So let me welcome in our fabulous panelists. It's just family. They've been here all season. You know them. You love them. First, we have Beth Dixon. Beth, how are you? We did it. We survived a marathon. I mean, I know that Amon literally ran a race today, but I feel like we have all run a marathon over the past, what, four months of the show. Um, but I'm so excited. I thought I thought the uh, finale was fun. I'm excited to chat about it with y'all and just celebrate the season itself. Truly a celebration. And uh, you you heard his name. It is Amon Adwin, our race running champion. Amon, how are you? <laughs> I'm great. I'm exhausted, but I'm great. Um, I feel like probably how the Queens felt after that long ass season. Like, damn. <laughs> this season was a marathon within itself. Um, but yeah, no, I I'm I'm pretty much at peace with how things concluded. Um, I think that this season had a lot of things going for it. Yes, it was a tad too long, but you know the queens that we got to meet and everything uh, was great. And I, I don't know this. This I mean, we'll talk about it more as we get along. But I think feel like this reunion sort of was like a little bit of a return to form for me, which I really enjoyed. So, um, yeah, I had a I had a great time watching. I was glad to be out and about at the bar that I usually go to. Um, it was it it really felt like the Super Bowl. Like I know that we joke <laughs> about like how this is like the queer space of the Super Bowl, but it really is. Like it felt like it was a championship game in there. It was a lot of high energy. That it's night. like if you combine the Super Bowl and like the election together. It's like who's our new drag president? <laughs> Great, right, we right. got it, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah, exactly. I I definitely I felt the energy for this one. And I don't know if it was because the cast is so fantastic, because we have five queens going into the finale, because it was such a marathon. But I don't know, I felt much more excited for this finale than I did for the last season finale. And I'm not quite sure why. But for some reason, I definitely felt more hype surrounding this Mm. one, not just myself, but also I could sense that in the internet, right? It just mm-hmm. like felt like everybody was really excited. And I think because there were so many rootable people in the finale that it kind of, yep. ev- everyone had a stake in it because, mm-hmm. you, you know, even if your queen didn't necessarily win, I think there were a lot of queens that could represent the season and represent something unique about what this season brought. Mm-hmm. Definitely. I think also, um, you know, last year there was a final four that, I think for the most part was really strong too, but I don't know if like COVID just played a role and, you mm-hmm. know, they had like that, like parking lot kind of live finale, which looked like a drive-in movie kind of set up and like, that was kind of cool, but it also, you know, we're still, for the most part, people were still indoors. And so I think that this was, had this feeling of returning to normalcy that you could tell not only in the production of it, you know, you had those people who attended the recording who could, um, I'm sure we're spoiling online what happened um, and those kind of things. But I think that there's just, like you said, and I think Aman said this too, that like there was just kind of this return to something that we felt uh, the structure of before. So yeah, I thought it was, I thought it was fun and exciting. I'm excited mm-hmm. to kind of break it all down with y'all. 
Well, we did have the live studio audience, which I yeah. think plays a huge yeah. role in that. that totally. When, it was when the all the queens are walking out at the very beginning to mm-hmm. hear everybody cheering and to hear sort of the, oh, well, Lady Camden got a lot of cheers. Okay, mm-hmm. this bodes well for her. It was just like, uh, yeah, there was some hype about it. It was super cool and really fun. And I, I, I had a great time watching this. Okay, so I think the biggest thing that we need to talk about is the structure of the finale. So this is yeah. the first time that we haven't gotten a lip sync for your li- or lip sync lip sync smackdown extravaganza. I mean, we already yeah. had one in the season, but we didn't get the sort of normal form that we've gotten used to since season nine. Aman, how did you feel about the queens performing their individual songs and then the final two lip syncing for the crown? I've always enjoyed the way that they did things before season nine. I thought that it was nice to get a chance to see all of the queens, um, uh, you know, have their moment and have mm-hmm. a, a song written just for them and to have, you know, to, to be a pop star, essentially, um, for one night only. I thought it was just such a, a really nice snapshot to end every season. That being said, the stakes, I can understand why they would have switched things and make the stakes a little higher. Because in a lot, like in season seven, season eight, there really wasn't any more competing to do. It was just, this is the night for the final three to get their shine. And RuPaul already knows who's going to crown. And so he just crowns it at the end. Mm-hmm. Um, but this time, they sort of like melded the two where, you know, everyone does get the moment to shine. But it is still a bit of a competition. With that being said, I do think that where it fails a little bit is like, well, I mean, are they writing these songs? Because if they're not, if they are relying on whoever to create these songs for them and to create these looks for them and to create these stage performances for them, if it's like create a direction that isn't entirely theirs, then is it really them competing? Or is it just sort of like whoever has the best sort of production is going to get the shine? So I think there's like a little bit of finagling that they could do to maybe iron, iron, iron out a bit of those details. But with that being said, I still really liked having the chance to see the culmination of all of them throughout the season, having them sort of talk about their journey, having them all over the you know streets of Vegas. Just uh, um, I recently watched, I don't know if you guys are familiar with Eric Andre, but I recently mm-hmm. watched um, his movie on Netflix that came out last year. I think it's, I forget what it's called. I think it's called Road Trip or Bad Trip. Mm-hmm. And it's essentially him um, creating like all of these pranks on unsuspecting people um, and then, like, sort of, like, the whole backdrop is, like, him on a road trip down to New York City. Um, but the the reactions from the people in the uh, in the film are real, and they just have to sign off on it to be in the final product. And I really like that sort of feel that they had mm-hmm. of all of these queens just all around, just, like, engaging in shenanigans. And people are just <laughs> trying to enjoy their Las Vegas holiday. And they're like, what the fuck is going on here? So, yeah, I really enjoyed watching all of that. That was great. That mm-hmm. was fun. I, I think that um, I agree with you, Aman. I feel like the last lip syncs are more of like a victory lap and less taken into consideration as to like who the final two are. With this structure, I really feel like it comes down to who does RuPaul like the most and want to see as the final two? And then who does the audience like based off of social media and all the other stuff, right? So I really think that for season seven and season eight, there were top three we have a top five right so you have that odd number it makes sense the lip sync smackdown as much as i don't didn't like it when it first was created and i'll be honest like i i prefer this kind of format to be perfectly frank but i do see the strength that 
you are lip syncing for the crown at that point. They, mm-hmm. There's been dramatic moments, both good and bad. I mean, we would never have gotten the Asia O'Hara butterfly gate if it hadn't been for that structure. Uh, with Shea Kool, or not Shea Kulay, uh Sasha Velour's, you know, rose petal reveal. Like, there's yeah, been that iconic. Be the first one, too, that right. really, like, probably gave the producer, like, oh, yeah, this was the way to go, honey. Yeah. We did it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we struck gold. Um, but that's exactly it, right? So, like, that kind of format has, has boded well for dramatic moments in the finale. In, I think that if they kind of went back even further and just did the structure of like season six, which is combining the, you know, this kind of element of giving the top three or whatever their moment, but it's also the reunion show. Like it's a live reunion show in front of an audience. Mm -hmm. I liked that a little bit more because then you spent time, a lot of time actually with each queen, regardless of wherever they were in the season. And it seems like, RuPaul in the reunion is just doing popcorn like like you would do in like college classes like I have a question for you what do you have to say about that okay great and it's just like random but I kind of liked the structure of here's the first three queens that were eliminated let me ask them each a question maybe they engage with each other here's the next three queens and in between each of those we're gonna honor one of the top three or top four top five and they come out and they perform I think that would be more effective um but everybody come out and do that huge, you know, like runway walk in the very beginning. That's my favorite part too, Leona. I love, I love that so much. That's all of the queens getting the roses they deserve right there. Mm-hmm. And that's what I love, love, loved about like season seven. Like you could feel the audience in season seven just like absolutely go ape shit for Katya. Um, and it, it just that created so much fun energy. And it's about a celebration while they're also are sometimes dramatic moments. So I would kind of move away from the season seven, season eight, take elements of that final lipstick if they're not Mm. writing their own music and choreography and all that kind of stuff and intersperse that between a live reunion to make that finale. Hmm. That would be really interesting. I mean, they would have to... Ugh, if, especially if they want to get two episodes out of that, like, I don't know how you cut that up. So it, that's, it's a little bit of a tall order. I, I do, I, I feel like there's strengths and weaknesses to all of these. I think the strength of the reunion show that we saw this time was that, yes, it is popcorn, but it also allows the producers to pick and choose what they feel like is more relevant. And if there are queens that they don't think are worth talking to, they don't have to, which I kind of feel bad about. But at the same time, if they think it's more interesting, then I trust them, I suppose. Like, maybe I want to go along with that and I want to see the thing that's going to bring the most drama. But I, I actually want to go back for a second to something Amon said, which is, who is writing the songs? Mm-hmm. Who is choreographing the routine? Who mm-hmm. is singing the songs? Do either of you have the tea on this? Because I, I really need to know how much creative direction the queens got when it came to doing this. They don't how- have much. They, from really, what I understand, really? from what I understand, um, they use the same vocalist who does like um, who did like the Divas Live for okay. All Stars Three and all yeah. that kind of stuff. She's saying, I think everything. There might have been one her? song for the final final five she didn't sing because okay. it sounded very different to me. Okay. Um, from what I understand, what they did with season seven and eight was that the producers basically said, this is your storyline. Let's make right. uh, a song about it. So you had Violet, who was like oh, I like, you know, burlesque and that's one of my strengths. And they're like, okay, well, we're going to 
like do like a burlesque kind of number or whatever then based off of this and we also will make it like you know obviously because burlesque is sexual or whatever we'll make it sexual but we also want to throw in some kind of diva moments because you were a diva like you had sleepwalker for pearl you think pearl was going to write a song called sleepwalker for herself <laughs> no that was because they're like wake up pearl like was a part of it right um you had Kim Chi. Like, do you think that Kim, Kim actually Kim Chi probably would have written something that was fat, fat feminine? Uh, <laughs> I can think. I don't, but like, fat, I don't know. I feel like this season. I feel like. <laughs> I mean, I hate people. I've never related to a song more in my life, and I can definitely see Willow writing that. Yeah, and I, I couldn't hear much uh, in the bar that I was listening to. Eddie. <laughs> Yeah. Well, you, you know, they, they would show the title of the song and I was like, yes, yes. I don't know what you're singing about, but I agree with the song title. <laughs> I just I, I'm pretty sure that it's basically the songs are written for them using a theme that the editors know at that point and like the strengths of the contestants. Mm-hmm. I'm sure that there's something that the contestants bring to it. Right. Um, and I'm sure that they're choreographed in a way that is going to be showing their strong suits once again, like. Kim Chi was not given like a huge, you know, choreographed number because as we can recall, she couldn't even right. walk down in heels. Right. Um, it, that's why we have this, da, 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 you know, like back mm-hmm. and forth thing. So I think everything is designed so that the queens will look amazing. But that said, it also doesn't make it quite a equal playing field because mm-hmm. if you have someone who can do so much more or ends up with a cooler song or something like their costume, which I'm sure that they're in charge of like design your costume or whatever. Um, And I'm sure like designers work with them, but it's like pieces they bring. I don't know. I just, I kind of felt like Diabetes song was kind of underwhelming, but her costume made it cool. For example, like it just, Mm -hmm. there's things about it that just like are really unequal. I mean, it's okay. packaged. It's probably packaged the same way. I mean, we're packaged differently. Like, it's the same product that we're getting with season seven and eight, where RuPaul already knows who's going to win. Um, but this time, he's making it seem like it's a competition as opposed to just admitting that someone's already going to win and giving everyone right. the moment to shine. Yeah. Um, so I feel like I probably would have been a little less critical of it if he had if they had just been like everyone's gonna get that like because it would have gone along with the storyline of the season like you you can just never say goodbye to these damn queens you never want to eliminate anybody so you can just be like everybody's gonna get their child everybody's the winner maybe we get five queens five lip syncs and then one of them's gonna win like we're all gonna win five dollars it's great (laughs) exactly so yeah i you know it's it it was it was fun regardless some songs definitely were better than others Mm -hmm. um but yeah, I think I agree with that. I feel like it's just you have like a certain shtick about you throughout the season. They decide, okay, let's work with that. Maybe there's like a little bit of like lyric, lyrical content that maybe some of the queens get to push through a little bit. Like maybe they sit down with another writer. I would probably think something like that maybe. Right. But other than that, they probably have very little, you know, actual control. Because if it were like that, then the show would probably be too long. Right. <laughs> Because see, that's like I was thinking about it. I was thinking about what if if the end, if the season finale, let's say the goal is to have these queens do what they do best as performers would be perform. So to you mm-hmm. have two minutes. What do you want to do with two minutes? Here's a team of people who will work with you to help you put together a performance. Mm-hmm. You get five backup dancers. We can put whatever you want on the screen. 
We can play whatever music you want. Well, obviously, you know, copyright limit, whatever. You can write a song. We'll help you write a song, right? Like, I that's what I would love. Sort of like the the challenge that they just did um, with Catwalk. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Uh, The thing is, is that combine it a bit with the talent show. Yeah, yeah. Come on, yeah, fine. That's fine. I'm fine mm-hmm. with that. Like, I would love to see Willow's Willow with like a budget and a team. What weird spoken word shit would she put together? That would be oh, awesome. Be like, mm-hmm. I would be so down for that to have it be a little bit more. You have two minutes. What do you want to do in two minutes? And it can mm-hmm. be anything. It can be the, like like the talent show, but you have like a team. They know the people that are going to be in the finale. So you can start working on it. It's not like, oh, we have a week turnaround time. Like, so we're really crunched on this. You have time to do it. I think that would be so fun and so cool. That would be like my ideal. Yeah. Although I think there is still so much excitement in a versus scenario because when it's, Mm -hmm. oh my God, it's this person or this person, only one of them is going to make it. That's like very exciting. You know, obviously it's competition, direct competition, which is really fun. Yeah. And uh, and so I think there's a certain appeal to that as well. Although if you combine the mid-season lip sync extravaganza SmackDown with the finale one, that's too much. So you yeah. really have to kind of pick and choose if you are going to go with that format for the finale. I kind of feel like um, the I like what you're saying. And I think that one of the things that they could do is in the penultimate episode, after whoever is in the top is revealed to be in the top, RuPaul can be like, but the challenge isn't over. Mm-hmm. This is what you will prepare for finale night yeah. and list it off there. Yeah. And then I'm sure that there'll be a portion where like RuPaul's like, they were charged with doing this or whatever, but it connects the finale and, you know, the, the penultimate episode together also recognizing that they're filmed at two very different times. Right. So mm-hmm. months right. and months apart. And that gives the queen, like that lets us know what have the queen's been working on for six months at this time? Um, you have six months to put something together. That's that going to be filmed live. Yeah. like, I think that that would make it, like just spell it out for us in that penultimate episode, and I think that that would make it a little bit more charged. Um, yeah, I'm. I don't I'm, know. I'm good with that. You know what? It ben, actually kind of. Oh yeah, go ahead, Beth. No, I was just going to say. Then enter in like the American Idol dial three to you know whatever. Blah, 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 if you want to vote for so and so's performing. You know what I'm realizing? It actually is the season twelve essentially mm. very similar to that, right? Where the queens had to perform in their respective homes because of covid and they were essentially told okay well like what do you want to do <laughs> and we got three super super different performances we got crystal's weird bird thing we got the take on me from Gigi good which was the black and white very stylistic and then like jada just boots the house down dancing in her living room <laughs> mm-hmm. just very different things but all very entertaining and very much representing the queen themselves so i guess maybe that's what i'm in favor of <laughs> i'm fine with that too hey it's kaylee cuoco for priceline ready to go to your happy place for a happy price well why didn't you say so just download the priceline app right now and save up to 60 percent on hotels so whether it's cousin kevin's kazoo concert in kansas city go kevin or becky's bachelorette bash in bermuda you never have to miss a trip ever again so download the priceline app today your savings are waiting go to your happy place for a happy price go to your happy price priceline 
Okay. Let's talk about each of the individual performances that we got here. So Angeria goes first and she has her song, Check My Track Record, which like, if this had been the first half of the season, <laughs> makes sense, right? She had a win, safe, win, and then safe, 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 bottom, safe, safe. I was safe, like, you bottom. were literally in the bottom last week. Yeah. <laughs> a choice. Uh, this well, this makes totally makes the argument of someone else wrote it for a hundred percent very much stronger. <laughs> it was very that was a choice uh, by whoever decided to write that song for her. Um, it's like this is also just a little bit of insight for all of y'all who are maybe listening and on your way to college or you know grad school or whatever. Um, no school wants to see that you have a decline in performance towards the end of your grade. We want to see a rise in your performance at the very least. Um, so yeah, not a great, not a great style to go with. I would say. Yeah. Come on. What did you think? Oh uh, yeah. I mean, I thought that it was a definitely an interesting decision. Um, but I also do understand that they're sort of trying to continue the theme of the check because that was like her first um her her talent show performance where she yeah. you know had all of that in there. So there's a nice little through line there. Um, I love I thought that the look was you know classic Angeria. She really is a fan of like the the swimsuit corset type deal thing. Mm-hmm. Um, the hair looked great. Um, she looked great. I thought that she um her her package throughout um the finale was um quintessential. Angeria, just super, super charismatic. And I really thought that she was going to get congeniality, but we'll talk about that later, I guess. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. I believe she was eligible, right, for uh, for Miss I'm Congeniality, because they had yeah. all the queens except for the top two, I think, come out on stage mm-hmm. for Miss Congeniality. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, we'll, t- we'll, <laughs> we'll talk about that. Uh, yeah. Beth, what do you think? I thought it was okay. Um, you know, we've seen Angeria. I've probably been a little less open to Angeria's lip syncing than other people have. Um, I've, I found her to be a solid performer, but not someone who I'm like, oh my gosh, breathtaking. Mm-hmm. And I've seen a lot of people who were like, oh, she just owns the stage. And I haven't seen that yet. Mm-hmm. I saw a little bit more of that in this performance, but I think that she just suffered from the fact that her, I just, I just, I couldn't remember it. She suffered from the fact she went first. And then I saw other ones that I thought were more dynamic and stood out in different ways. Hers just seemed like generic queen talks about being good in a competition. Like, like that's a theme that we get all the time on drag race. Whereas, you know, you had, you know, Daya and Camden and Willow kind of playing up their tropes. I wish that we had gotten something that was more about her being a pageant girl mm-hmm. and having like, you know, maybe there's different outfit changes for the different categories that she has to do or something like that that would have seen like how well-rounded of a queen she is and what she was able to show us in the competition. I just kind of was, I was underwhelmed by the outfit um, and just, Altogether, I felt like she unfortunately had the weakest performance of the night, um, even though I really wanted to root for her. Yeah, I, I I would agree with that. I The list of the people that I would have felt the best about winning was Willow, Camden, and then Angeria, even though I did like mm-hmm. you, you get that sense of decline throughout the season, which is like harsh to say. But yeah. she is super well-rounded, very charismatic. I felt like even seeing her finale package, I was like, oh, yeah, you're like great. You're fun. You're charismatic. But this performance was just fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, I 
felt bad because I was like, oh, no, it's just fine. <laughs> I can't advocate for that. I just it was like every performance after there was something else that was memorable about them. Yeah. And this one, absolutely. Amon, I agree with you faded into the background, although which super high energy, super fun. Obviously, she has a great job. It's just tough when there are these other performances that come after. So, yeah, right. Yeah. For me, uh, I, I think that she was one of the queens that I thought was not going to make the, the top two. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I will say, though, I loved that we got to meet her parents. And oh we've God. had such a beautiful moment throughout the season of her being able to talk about my dad's like one of my biggest fans. And, and that, I love that we got to meet with some of the loved ones who were guests of in and and especially I think that her um parents to me were a highlight um of the finale in terms of introducing the guests. They had energy, they were you could absolutely tell where Angeria got her humor and you know good spirit from. And it was just it was really such a touching moment. Um, but that said, if your parents are like the highlight for your portion, that doesn't bode well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <No>. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I, it's always so great to see supportive parents because so often we see the non support. I mean, in yeah. this season, and not that like it needs, we need to highlight those stories as well, but it does mm-hmm. just warm my heart to see like queens like Gigi Good, Aquaria. Uh, Angeria here who have had really supportive families and you see how successful these young people can be it's really cool right it matters it matters Mm -hmm. okay let's talk about Bosco next so Bosco has her performance with Devil and has a very exciting reveal that I expected a reveal but definitely not something that looked like this (laughs) Yeah, um, I, f- I feel like, I mean, I feel like a lot of people have been talking about, like, you know, Bosco and, like, what this whole devilish character that she's been trying to exude in the latter half of the season. I guess because Bosco wasn't a well-pronounced figure towards the beginning and in the middle, that any of this, like, character that she's been trying to give, I, I mean, at least I didn't feel like I got much of it. And I feel like this time around, now that it was finally her time to just be Bosco, mm-hmm. we finally got to see a bit of it. I, I, you know, I'm I'm a big fan of like this sort of like burlesque, like Vegas showgirl, you know, feather boas and all of that stuff. I really enjoy all of that. Um, and I thought that the the reveal was great. Um, probably a little bit of TV magic going on there as well to help at least us see it mm-hmm. the way that it was intended to be seen. I wonder how it looked on stage with people there. Mm-hmm. Um, I was dying for them to do the thing that they always do whenever they have like, you know, the the big um I guess in this case they had the wings. I was dying for them to do the thing where like they like like circle around her and like go down in different front and then come back around. <laughs> like I wanted to do that see that whole thing, but they never did it. But besides that, um I thought the uh you know the outfit was still very much Bosco, but it gave mm-hmm. a little bit of edge. It was a little bit of punch there. Um, and her package was fun because I feel like she really, um, I feel like she understood exactly like, look, I know that I haven't been, you know, everyone's winner pick. I know that I haven't been like killing it every single week, but I'm happy to be here. I'm glad that I'm here. I want you guys to see me as someone who Mm -hmm. deserves to be here and don't take me for granted. So Mm -hmm. I, I I appreciated that because it really was, it was very self-aware and it made me want to root for her. Whereas maybe beforehand i really wasn't checking for her 
I also really appreciated the fact that um, I think that sometimes when you get on Drag Race, you're not able to show every part of your, um, you know, your drag persona. And we were able to see shades, to your point, Aman, of this kind of devilish mm-hmm. character. But in the first episode, I mean, she tells us that she's, you know, the demon queen of Seattle or whatever. Mm-hmm. And there's a part of me that I'm sitting back and I'm like, oh, my gosh could we see another Drag Race girl go to Dragula? I would love to see how Bosco would fare on a show like that where she can get more into her aesthetic than maybe she was able to show in Drag Race. Um, I loved the reveal, the outfit. Um, I, I thought that the song was the worst part about her performance. <laughs> I was like not even really paying attention to it at many points. I was also fascinated from the moment she started lip syncing. Um, I was like, she clearly had one of those blood packs in her mouth and then like spit everything out because everything mm-hmm. was all red in her mm-hmm. mouth. I was like so drawn to that that I wasn't paying attention to much else until the reveal happened. <laughs> and I was like, am I really lame or easily distracted? Like what's going on here? So I'd go back and watch it again and be like, don't look at her mouth this time. Like pay attention to everything else. Focus on um, something else. Yeah. But- yeah, I, I, I actually, I had Bosco the but it close to the bottom of my list, both her and Diabetti. And I felt like both of their performances were super fun and really cool. So yeah. they def- they shot up in terms of the people who I thought could could make the final two. Mm-hmm. I think so her headpiece, the feathers that move, there's mm-hmm. a designer, Cameron Hughes, and he does all of this like drag tech mixture content he created this dress for aquaria that also has feathers that come up and down so they're all like arduino controlled like little pieces and he did this look as well her headpiece which is super cool Mm -hmm. very obsessed with that i love this mix of using tech in your designs and his stuff is actually reliable unlike the money guns that everybody seems to use that never work (laughs) So money. That, I know, yeah, another another queen <laughs> taken down by a money gun. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I I was really loving it. I actually agree. I didn't. I don't even remember the song, but I remember her looks, and that was cool. <laughs> so I think the one thing that's a disconnect for me with her outfit in the reveal is mm-hmm. that at the end of the day, besides her eyes and mouth. There's nothing about her body, the way that mm-hmm. she's painted or presented it, that's demon-like. And sure. that she relies purely on the reveal for it. Mm-hmm. And I think that's fine. Like I'm but if you're in the finale, I would hope that there is a reveal to something going on in the way that you've painted your body, like you're a demon showgirl or something like that. I don't know. I just it seems kind of weird that it's just like, here's a here's a demon bodysuit, but the rest of me is fine. <laughs> like, yeah. like, wait, like, like no yeah. veins or anything drawn to... Yeah, she had the, I mean, it's still glam. She had the contact lenses, which she was, I think, right. trying to use to get at that, but definitely, if she wanted to take it to a more gory level, I guess, maybe mm-hmm. is the right yeah. word, I think she definitely could have. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's talk about Diabetti. So Diabetti, uh, her song was what? Fighter, I think. Just Fighter. Yes. Sure. Okay. <laughs> and uh, I'm trying to I'm trying to pull up where she pops up her little 
antenna. Antenna, tentacle, and tentacles. And tentacles. Bug, right? Yeah. That was like the whole thing. She went through metamorphosis, metamorphosis, <laughs> if you will. <laughs> oh, man. Again, this is one where I was more intrigued by the outfit and the choice there, but didn't I didn't see how it connected to the song. <laughs> like, I just... I think I, she's like the whole thing is like she's like in her chrysalis in her cocoon yeah. and she's like gonna you know might be underestimated but she's gonna prove that she's made of something beautiful and fight the odds and survive and evolve and metamorph into something yeah. greater mm-hmm. um I, I mean that. I I liked the, uh, the the intro of it all. I liked the fact that there was like, furthermore, I like the stage setup. I like the fact that the workroom was kind of recreated on the stage. It was like mm-hmm. a nice little through line that I didn't, I don't think they've ever done that before unless no, I can't yeah. think of anything else. But um, yeah, they had like the little cobwebs and then she like breaks free of that and has like a little flowing cocoon. I just wish that the antennacles were like, stuff inside of that so we didn't yeah. know that it was coming because as soon as I saw it, I was like, oh, those are going to pop up. I know they're going to mm-hmm, pop up. Mm-hmm. Um, well, they kind of did a little bit before. Like, they kind of went, Bleh, and then dropped back yeah. down. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, but I think that she was probably one of the most in character the entire time. I think they all sort of gave us something, but I was able to really understand what she was giving. She was moving weirdly. She was giving you, like, bug, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. All the way up until the end. Like, even at even as the music had stopped, she was still just moving in that way. So I thought that she was uh, very, very, I mean, Diabetti likes to really, really give it to you in the performances. I think, I think she really has a chip on her shoulder from being compared to Crystal Method so much. And I mm-hmm. think that she, and she said, I am like, we are of, of the same family, but I'm a lot more edgier than she is. Like she's literally a clown. <laughs> right? <laughs> That's not me. So I think that she uh, does everything in her power to show us that she's got, edge mm-hmm. um and so yeah i i liked it and i thought the song was very like reminiscent of like um like it gave me like early paramore sort mm-hmm. of like um fly leaf very much like it gave me that so mm-hmm, yeah. I, 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 I liked it i was very drawn in by the visual visuals i am such a sucker for things that sway and move and like it's shiny and i'm a toddler when it comes to just watching stuff like this Mm -hmm. so i was also very drawn into the way that it looks and yeah i got i got sort of the whole metamorphosis kind of thing a friend of mine messaged me and said the dragonfly like it was a meme the dragonfly that daya ate she it allowed her to (gasps) i like that dragonfly at the end the dragonfly, Ooh. right? Which we did find out she got her ten thousand dual dual hairs, of course, via cash app. Was it ten thousand or was it one thousand? A thousand, one thousand, one thousand. I was like, hold on, cornbread, hold on. I got some spotters. Yeah, cockroaches to eat. I have plenty. Yeah, I live in New York. I'm sure I could find a cockroach somewhere. <laughs> oh my gosh! No, no, no. One thousand, one thousand. I misspoke. Uh, yeah. So. To, for those reasons, I was really captivated by it. I had sort of written her off to make the final two from the get-go, so mm-hmm. I kind of felt bad, but I, I want to give her props for putting on something that, at least to me, the costume was very appealing to watch. Mm-hmm. I also think the scrim behind her 
was more interesting as well um, with that kind of cosmic kind of background. Like, yeah, I, I can't help after, you know, studying theater in college. Like I can't help but break down, like, why did they do this lighting mm-hmm. choice? And like those kind of things. And it's, it was just, I felt like hers was the most cohesive performance that we saw. Mm-hmm. Um, everything from lighting to staging, the choreography, how in character she was, everything. Um, she, I think was my second favorite performance of the night, but I also agreed that I didn't necessarily think she should have made the final two. So, which once again tells me like, well, the performances (laughs) didn't really matter in terms of going to the final two, Mm -hmm. which uh, that's, that's to say, I mean, obviously Willow and Camden, I do think had good performances, but for me, though, the little balls in her hair, I feel like a lot of them have been doing this, um, uh, thing where like their hair gets like, crinkled and there's like jewels that are encrusted along the mm-hmm. crinkle of the hair because I saw her she did that and Jeria had that and Jada Essence Hall did mm-hmm. that in her um <laughs> promo look for All Star 7 so I'm like mm-hmm. I guess this must be in in the drag <laughs> world right now the trend <laughs> yeah which by the way I, the Jada singing losing is the Why? new winning <laughs> I was like but she's a winner and she's going on all winners I literally not only I, yeah that was weird I was so convinced I was she like lost. is this not Jada am I am I like messing this like the entire time I was I was oh. like I, I had to have been confusing her with another queen there's no way they would put a queen who is literally on the season of all winners that they are like pushing in the commercials is singing a song about losing i that made no sense winning is the new winning also i suppose (laughs) and she opened it it's not like she just was in it she's like you know what what if i opened it as a winner yeah (laughs) yeah that was a choice that was definitely a choice um and well yeah so but but we didn't mention at the top of show we're gonna talk about the all winners season a little bit at the end and some of our scheduling for that so uh we will be covering the all winners season and we also got the preview the extra preview in this episode as well the finale so okay let's talk about who is next lady camden yes lady camden lady camden so lady camden did i wait was it was it willow or was it camden that was next camden they did an alphabetical order okay so i fell down i got back up camden is doing her ballet sort of thing here in heels heels, which yeah i was expecting her to be on point was not that's fine it's her choice i guess maybe and really it was all about her reveal the freddie mercury reveal look and that was Mm -hmm. the entire focus of the song i mean of course it like alludes to the broader theme of when you fail you get back up again but Mm -hmm. it just felt like it was really all about the 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 one runway reveal which to me once again tells me what did the editors want to put together as like mm-hmm. this was your defining moment so therefore this is it like i really don't think they get to be like well i felt like this they're like yeah but we're not gonna show that so what mm-hmm. if we did this instead or we decided to edit you in this way like yeah um i i just feel like camden knocked it out of the park to be honest um she is just so good at performing um and i I felt like she had the most, uh, like she had the best in terms of her performance, performed the best out of everybody. Um, but I do think that it was just kind of one note. 
Yeah, it was, like the, it was a little theme. one note. It was a little one note, but I, I, I'm a little biased because I feel like it sort of like catered to my sensibilities because I'm such a fan of just like pop and like pop stars and acts. I just like want to see like, I just want to see glitz and glam and, and, and choreography and just that whole, that's just like where I stay. Um, so if I were ever, Ru- if I were RuPaul, I'd be, the pop girls would keep winning. <laughs> like y'all would hate me. Like, I'm just- <laughs> but, um, yeah, but I thought I did think that there was, um, I, I think there was like a lot of energy in the room for Camden. Like you saw a lot of the audience, like as soon as she spun out of that tutu and then into that, uh, into that corset and then she took the wig off, like the whole room just like erupted because like mm-hmm. Drag Race finale crowds are trained now for reveals. We just want to yeah. see your reveal. Where is it? Show it to me. Give it to me now. Um, and I don't think that hers was like anything particularly special. Um, but nonetheless, I guess, you know, she delivered, she delivered it and she sold it and the crowd went apeshit. So I think that she, uh, in terms of like performance, I think she had one of the better ones, according mm-hmm. to the audience. Yeah, I so it's interesting because I felt like I personally was a little bit not underwhelmed is not the right word because whelmed. like I was whelmed. No, I mean because I just have in the same way that Amon has his preferences of what he likes to see, I have my preferences and what I like to see. So mm-hmm. the Bosco's and Diabetes to me were more interesting. I thought Diabetes' performance was more interesting to me, but mm-hmm. I think you can't deny how how outstanding Lady Camden is just as a performer in general. And so the style may not be like my fave, but I can definitely understand why she would be in the final two. And for me, it was like automatically a willow, you know, in the final two. And then it was a question of, well, it's got to be Camden in right. that second slot. Like it just felt like no one else could go. And especially with, I agree with what Aman is saying, the energy in the room for Camden and the energy online for Camden was also just yeah. like outstanding. It was really interesting. I expected that Willow would be the overwhelming majority for people to root for, for the finale. And I didn't, not that I didn't expect Camden to get some love. Cause I, I think a lot of us just like, every episode fell in love with her even more. And um, mm-hmm. she kind of had a slower start, whereas Willow was like from day one, everybody loved Willow. Right. Um, but Lady Camden really got that support online, which was, I'm, I'm happy to see that. Um, I think just again, uh, her performance was the best part about it. The staging was meh. The, mm-hmm. you know, everything else was expected or whatever. Like it didn't have this like, huge cohesive amazing performance in the way that i felt like willow and dias did um but i do feel like you can't like you said Eliana, you can't deny like camden's a, an incredible performer mm-hmm. i feel like the audience a lot of the audience probably sort of like saw themselves in camden a lot mm-hmm. um i think i think that there are a lot of people that watch this show and i think there's like a big demographic that aren't necessarily like big boisterous personalities it's like that's one of the main draws to drag race for a lot of people is that it just sort of like allows you to sort of like i mean we they talk about it so much queens just talk about living the fantasy feeling the fantasy and i feel like these queens i mean we know that they, we, they develop such strong parasocial relationships with the mm-hmm. fans and the fans project so much of themselves onto the queens and i think that um lady camden sort of being like an under 
understated um, character and sort of being this underdog, um, but also realizing that she's an underdog and like trying to take that moment to stand up to to Bosco um, during that that challenge and and not necessarily even winning in that altercation, but then winning in the end. I feel like a lot of people probably really attached themselves to that narrative mm-hmm. um, and just wanted to see her win and succeed after that. Um, yeah. So I, I, and I think a lot of that transfers to Willow as well. Not that everyone is walking around with a serious condition like um, Willow is, but that, you know, I think that a lot of people relate to having weaknesses and um, you just, you just, you're, you're naturally inclined to want to root for those people. And I think that this, this final two is very indicative of that. Mm-hmm. I think there's also uh, something to be said about, the fandom also wanting to see essentially a repeat of season 11's final two, which we get, which is an international ballet dancer going against a weird, <laughs> a you know, Denver queen. Denver <laughs> with like a, an illness. Yeah. <laughs> so it's just like, I think that there were people who were like, Oh my God, how fun would that be? That'd be so cool. They're both a great final two. Um, the difference of course is, in season 11, I couldn't see anybody but Brooklyn and Evie winning uh, or being the final two. And this one, I, I, I definitely could have seen like Angeria up there. I could have seen, I could see a case for Diabetti to be there. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I could see Bosco being there. Like there were, I would have been fine with any of the five winning. I would have been fine with any of the five going to the final two. I do ultimately think we had the best of the final two up there. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I just think you know, this was a, a really interesting season to, to watch all unfold. Well, I mean, you know, I'll tell you in terms of relating to the queens, like I definitely related. And I mentioned this to Willow's performance, the I hate people song, which <laughs> if, like if we're talking about, you know, who got the best part, I think Willow got the best song <laughs> at least for me. Yeah. I thought it was really fun. And then even though her outfit didn't really make sense necessarily because isn't it like don't you hate people so why do you have extra heads or maybe those are the only people that you like because they're you right i don't that's know what I, that's what i was i was i was i thought the same thing i was like so what is she trying to say here it's like that she's that she can only stand herself right or these, i like, thought it was supposed to be a joke in the same way like she's like i hate people Especially these two, they're connected to me. Like, blah, 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 blah. like that. Yeah, I thought it was I was supposed also to be a joke that, kind of thing. Too. I was it like, does she? Is she like even hates herself as well? So it's like, <laughs> what? Like, what is this? Like, it, you just never know a Willow. She's just like. <laughs> I also you know think I mean? this was a a throwback to Evie Oddly and having the multiple heads yeah. and you know the season yeah, eleven finale too. and that kind of thing yep. too. So I think that I think there was a, a variety of things that were just like little homages. But the whole point for like Willow is that you. You can't take anything Willow does seriously because she doesn't take anything seriously. Mm-hmm. So there may not be a literal meaning for this. You just kind of have to enjoy the ride. Mm-hmm. But I had the same exact because I'm very like, well, what does the rational part of my mind think about this? <laughs> and then I was just like, what it's telling me is, you know, release and just enjoy. That's what it's telling me. <laughs> Well, this and this was really enjoyable. Mm-hmm. I I really like, you know, obviously she can't really move that much, but also even though Willow did sort of hide some of her dancing ability, that's not the first thing that I think we think of when we think of Willow's performances. It is going to be something that's more quirky, more silly. 
And we did get to see that a little bit or the the dancing element, I suppose, in the final lip sync here. It, yeah, it was just about the silliness. It was about her her face, because that's really all you could see for the majority of the performance. And then the fun reveals with the two heads next to her. And then, of course, the head on her crotch, which was just a nice little added something to the performance. <laughs> After I watched hers, she was the one that I said, ah, yes. 100 percent she's in the final two and then it was just a matter of who was going to join her she had one of the stronger reveals you know she really captured Mm -hmm. the the unexpected at all we thought that it ended here and then yeah exactly (laughs) hello Hello. (laughs) (laughs) all right so we've discussed this lady camden and willow are the two that move on to the final lip sync and they perform Cher's abba cover of gimme 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 a man after midnight Mm-hmm. Amon, what do you think of the final lip sync? I think I think Camden beat Willow here, but I think it was just hard. I think in order to beat Willow Pill at Drag Race in its entirety, you would have had to have just murdered her in this lip sync, and I don't think that Lady Camden did that. So I think, mm-hmm. you know, given everything that went into this competition, I think it was fair to say that Willow probably had this in the bag. Um, I uh, I didn't necessarily care too much for Willow's outfit. Like, you know, it was very much Willow Pill. Um, you know, but I just, I don't know. I just didn't really understand it. And to, to Beth's point, maybe I'm really not supposed to. I'm just supposed to appreciate it for the wacky. I mean, she, she said, you know, in the beginning of the season, she likes to really delve into like, creepy weird wacky things that just haunt her like Mm -hmm. big big like i mean she has such problems because of her cystinosis with her extremities so these like larger than life extremities i feel like is how Mm -hmm. she deals with her illness Mm -hmm. and so it means a lot to her it just doesn't register a lot for me um but with that being said it's maybe it's not supposed to so um but uh i i did enjoy lady camden i loved the callback to her falling i there were a few people in the ball that were like, you did that already. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> let her have it. Let her have it. It's her moment. Just let her have it. It was great. I would have preferred if the wig were a little different because we've already seen the long red hair because you literally just wore it. So mm. if it had been something else, maybe I would have, you know, been a little bit more like, oh, yeah. But I still loved it. I thought it was great. I mm-hmm. thought it was great. So I learned that her wig reveal, and I could see this a little bit when I went back and watched it, was not smooth and the way that they edited it was actually very very graceful and that it was Uh, not like it's like she lost the lip sync at that moment uh, but so uh, what i kind of felt like was nothing about willow's performance shocked me i was like she's wearing of course there's going to be reveals underneath and the reveals weren't even that great um i didn't think that she did an amazing job lip syncing because i I know that she's done good lip syncing, but she to me is not somebody that I watch because of the lip sync. I watch because of whatever weird performance she has decided to put with a lip sync. Mm-hmm. So when we've seen her in the, you know, Lala Perusa and, you know, all these other things, it's, it's, I'm not watching it being like, oh my God, Willow's lip syncing abilities. I'm more like, what is her full package trying to tell me? Right. Mm-hmm. I was quite honestly bored with her in this final lip sync. Versus Camden had a, like, again, we, yeah, she already did it, but it was like, it was a much better reveal at the end of the day, but it wasn't as smooth. So, like, 
Mm-hmm. Willow was able to get a smooth transition going and was able to carry out the same energy all the way through. And I felt like Camden had a stub- stumble and had a better reveal, but it didn't get pulled off smoothly. And that ruined her momentum for the end of the song. Um, mm-hmm. So I just generally felt like they were both kind of like, okay, it was a final performance. I mean, someone's going to win regardless. and I'm going to be happy with whoever wins. Like I just, I didn't really feel like one really outshone the other in any capacity. Yeah. I disagree so much. I was, I was obsessed with Will. I can't find a good, like full, like big (laughs) shot of her, like weird ass Tim Burton meets David Byrne outfit and then she reveals the top and it's just the pants like that was so fun and then yeah okay the outfit underneath like wasn't really that much to write home about oh it was just the pants like i didn't understand that it was just the top with like these big ass arms i was also very obsessed with her the the Um, design look where she was like the nightmare teddy bear with the mm. long arms i yeah reminded me of that yeah maybe i'm just like obsessed with these weird proportions yeah she's so tiny She's so tiny and she's got these like big ass. I don't know. I thought it was so, 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 so cool. I definitely hear what you're saying, Beth, about like, well, maybe she, her face is not giving as much face, but I don't really care because there's all this other stuff going on and I can't stop. I couldn't stop looking at her. I just couldn't. Mm -hmm. I couldn't stop looking at her weird ass arms. Like, I don't know why. It was just really enchanting to me. And then when she took it off, I wish she had left it on for longer. (laughs) She couldn't like dance or move in it or anything. I kind of didn't even really care. I just wanted to see her long arms. (laughs) Okay, so I'm watching Uh, it now and I can see the Camden reveal. She falls. Yes. And they pan out. You can see that she's like struggling with getting it all the way off. Yeah. I think she recovers rather nicely though, but all of Willow's reveals were definitely cleaner, whereas she yeah. had that one slip up with with the wig. I think, um, I, and the editors definitely did her a favor there by cutting away from that. Totally. <laughs> like, seeing her struggle. I don't with, think they have with, any business, unless somebody, like, absolutely flops, to, like... Like, yeah, it's like, rub it in. Like, ah, look at you, bitch, you fucked up. <laughs> like, the last lip sync, like... And at that point, they both know at least they're going to have $50,000. So, like, (laughs) I mean, yeah, you want the title, you want the win and that kind of thing. But if I'm them, I'm going to be like, bitch, I just made 50K. I don't care that my wig just got snatched. Let's just finish this off. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I I think because I've seen, not necessarily in a drag performance, but I've seen this, like, reveal the overcoat to find just pants underneath or reveal the pants and it's just a long shirt. The cut I've seen those kind of things in like cartoons or and that kind of thing. I think that's why I expected it. So there wasn't any reveal that Willow did that I didn't already anticipate. But that's it. I'm not trying to say like it was underwhelming. I'm just saying that like I felt like her reveals were okay. I expected that. That's great. I didn't expect like the colors and everything that came out of Camden's but I didn't think Camden did it as smoothly as Willow. I think Willow had much more practice. All right. Well, it doesn't really matter what they did, I don't think, because from what I could tell, Rue was definitely all about the Willow pill from the moment Mm -hmm. that it was, you're part of my tribe. Like, you are me. I get you. I get that. And she is ultimately crowned our winner of season 14. I was also able to confirm they did not film a double win. It was only really the two of them. So, oh, oh, 
So they did not film like a dual crown where both of them win. Okay, so they just filmed, they filmed Lady Camden winning and they filmed Willow winning and then that's it. Okay. In a lot of other seasons, they filmed both queens winning together just in case. Like I know that they did that with Trixie and Kennedy. I know that mm-hmm. they did that um, in season 10 with Aquaria and I can't so remember if it was Stars 4, didn't they just like they splice spliced it together? together. When they it did it, horrible. which is so funny it's like the one time they didn't do it and then they're like what if we just have rupaul do an obvious what you both win <laughs> like voiceover it was so awkward because so so then they just had them like side by side both walking it was like Ooh. It was and so then bad. freaking uh like the them like being at whatever watch party they were at Trin- or uh, yeah, trinity and yeah. Monet, and just like what? the disparaging but like the like what? the disparity between the reactions like Monet's like, oh my god, Sif, we won! And she's like, huh? <laughs> we, we still get the 100000 right? Yeah. <laughs> Do we each get 100000 or we splitting it? That's my favorite thing because... As much as I want to be like, oh, I think I'd be a Monet. I actually do think I'd be a Monet in that situation. But you better believe my Capricorn rising on the inside being like, bitch, do I get 100K or 50? <laughs> I was promised 100K if I won. And I just want. <laughs> oh, yeah, that funny. little that little uh, clause about the preserve, the producers reserve any right to change in out of it. Like, no, bitch, no. <laughs> my money, my money. Well, we Lady Camden as our second place winner gets fifty thousand dollars, which is she more does. than any UK winner has gotten ever. So, because they can actually, she can actually get a cash prize here. So yep. good for her. Which I still think is not enough. I think they need to make winning Drag Race a two hundred and fifty thousand dollar prize, mm. and then make All Stars half a million. That's just my. That's just my. That's my. I opinion. mean, a lot of girls are putting as much money into drag race as they would if they were buying a house so like if not more so they can't do it they used to have these shows like back in the celebrity celebrity days of the i love new york and flavor of loves when they brought all the two together for i love money the grand prize was a a two hundred fifty thousand dollars if you can do it for them ratchets (laughs) you can do it for for artists Okay, <laughs> that's true. That's so true. I've never heard that comparison before, Amon. But that, like, you can money's me. there. That's so true. That's so true. The, yeah, those idiots don't need two hundred fifty thousand dollars <laughs> at all. These artists do <laughs> exactly. All right, let's talk about Miss Congeniality because okay. So first of all, Cornbread is awarded our Miss Congeniality, uh, but there was some talk. I think who brought it up about Angeria. Mm-hmm. Winning Miss Congeniality. I actually thought Carrie Colby was going to win it. Really? Well, Deja, it too. I think Deja thought she was going to win it also because her look was inspired by Miss Congeniality. Mm-hmm. Like, let me, I'm going to pull up the look, which is oh, so funny. What? Um, we That's should talk so about the looks for all the queens. I literally watched Miss Congeniality um, uh, later that night with the friend that it was, was right after. With. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and he was like, he was like, I'd never actually seen it before. Like, what is this movie about? I was like, it's about Sandra Bullock. She's like a cop, and she like goes undercover in a pageant. Holy shit! No, no, Deja, no! He's dressed up with nowhere to go. No! That's so funny. It's a funny thing because I I do appreciate that what they've done now is they've taken it away from the fans and just said, y'all know who's yeah. congenial, like the cast votes, but mm-hmm. <laughs> like, 
like, I, I love cornbread. I'm happy cornbread got something for the season. But at the same time, I'm like, I really I thought Deja or Carrie would win. Um, I actually never thought of Angeria. Um, I thought Deja or Carrie would win. I figured Carrie had made, you know, so many of the girls, um, you know, more comfortable with their identity. You saw her being very supportive. Um, mm-hmm. She's obviously a beloved cast member, both in the cast and, you know, outside of it. And I felt like Deja had always been so supportive, like look no further than the roast when she promised to laugh when nobody else would. And she upheld her promise there. So I could mm-hmm. see those kind of aspects of it. Um, so, yeah, I, I I'm ha- feel like I feel like it was a lot of just like, I mean, I mean, if it's up to the queens, it is what it is. So we can't like yeah. judge their decisions too harshly because no, we're not there in the workroom or whatever. But, mm-hmm. you know, just based off of what we've seen, I would agree with you, Beth. I feel like there were probably stronger contenders, in my opinion, only because, I mean, you know, bless her ankle. But I mean, it took her out and she wasn't mm-hmm. there for as long as some of the other queens were there to sort of like develop a relationship. But I just feel like there was just so much like. I feel like, I mean, because I wouldn't describe cornbread as necessarily congenial, especially with the way that the whole thing between her and Jasmine yes. Kennedy went down. Like, not that you're not allowed to have, you know, your, 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 you know, your, your arguments here and there. And it, not even that it was even that bad between her and Jasmine, but I was just like, that doesn't like ring congenial to me that just rings like let me tell you about yourself real quick sis because you're getting on my nerves like that's what that <laughs> stop is. taking notes you're annoying me <laughs> right <laughs> so yeah i felt like probably i mean i guess now that you're saying that i could probably make a case for, for carrie as well um or definitely or deja but i mean it I, is what it is i feel like if if willow pill was going to vote for for um for cornbread i feel like that probably created like a snowball effect there's a part of me that almost wonders because Cornbread has now been very explicit that she was not invited back for next season and likely wouldn't be doing an all-stars. There's something going on in the background that I feel like the Queens were like, well, let's give you money instead. You know, like I think that there was probably a campaign like that. Again, I'm not saying that to devalue anything that Cornbread did because we do know that she was, we love Cornbread and we know that she was incredibly congenial when it came to Willow and looking Mm -hmm. after her. And after she left, we saw no queen be like, Hey, here's some warm water in a cup. Like keep your hands warm. I'm going to, you know, sew something for you for like five minutes or whatever, so that you can take a break or whatever. We never saw that. That doesn't mean it doesn't happen, but there was a very clear difference there. And I think that what we saw from the reunion too, were, were, Queens were appreciative of the fact that cornbread was not somebody who's going to talk about you behind their back. She's going to come up and and talk to you about how things are. Right. And that, so there's no two facedness about it. Um, And Jasmine clearly was like, no, I'm happy she did that because it made me think of things differently. Maybe I'm not the best at it still, but I think that there's aspects of it where I can see why she was voted, but I Mm -hmm. definitely feel like whatever's going on in the background, I think was probably more of a motivator. Mm-hmm. whatever it's their choice though so i'm fine with it yeah, fine <laughs> you with know you. like uh yeah. what, whatever they want to do it's up to the queens and as I mean, far like, as ever I know, since season nine when the girls like changed favorite. the name of the award i, <laughs> I mean let uh, us not forget one last year and none of us saw that coming yeah so. true very very true uh, okay I don't feel like you should be Miss Congeniality. <laughs> <laughs> fan favorite. Fan favorite. Yeah, fan favorite. Favorite. <laughs> um, okay. 
could we talk a little bit about some of the entrance looks for these queens? In the Absolutely. Beginning? Yes. The fact that we have not yet talked about Carrie Colby's gauntlet outfit is like a crime. And I'm yeah. dying. Uh, I love that she said, okay, the internet's going to make a, uh, a little meme out of me uh, being <laughs> Thanos or Tranos as she's now dubbed herself. Well, I'm going to make my own fabulous Infinity Gauntlet outfit and walk down. It was so good. Was I love it so much. This moment where she points to the stones, the, I just, I was laughing so hard. It's, yes, the queen gets it. So I think, funny. does she have, does she have pictures of the queens on there? I it would be amazing if underneath so. the jewels it had each <laughs> like little all of the, the queens coming out. Yeah. Oh my god. Oh god. I mean, I was dying. I was like, please snap your fingers, please. Let's just see what happens. <laughs> Could you imagine everyone's just like, ah, it just freaks out. Like there's like a spark or something that comes out. That would be great. Oh, uh, yeah, that would have been really fun. Pyrotechnics. Um, okay, who else? Well, we already talked about Deja, so <laughs> we are yeah, we already talked about Deja. We have Mattymorphosis. There was That's some, some uh, great fantasy as all this. There was a little bit of, I won't say controversy, but I guess like expected controversy about Simone's outfit. Um, oh, I saw a lot yeah. of people like, you know, expecting people to get pissed off that she sort of wore something that wasn't like a gown or, you know, full of rhinestones and stuff like that. She sort of wore something a little bit more like pedestrian, quote unquote. Um, and I don't know, like, I I still understand people that probably wanted something a little bit more from Simone, but I'm also like I remember like watching her come out and not really feeling any type of way about it. I was kind of like, oh, this, she looks good. Like this is just Simone. She's giving you body. She's giving you that body lava. She's she's mm-hmm. shining. She's giving you what she always gives you. So I, I sort of like didn't really take too much issue with it. Um, and I kind of felt like it was sort of like a nice parallel to sort of like the winner of this, the eventual winner of this season, and how like Willow Pill sort of came in with something that was very. You know, sort of run of the mill, OTR, you know, Um, and I kind of like that. I mean, it's not because it's not like Simone doesn't give it to us. Like, I mean, she gave us plenty of great looks in season 13. And then she's probably had one of the most like visible reigns as Mm -hmm. a drag as a winner of drag race in the past few years, especially due to the the pandemic. She's been all over the place and so many great looks. So we know she can give it to us. So I guess like her seeing her come out and something that's a little bit more comfortable would still very much signature simone was like fine to me i was fine well it was it was definitely a throwback to like the little kim outfit in like the 19 what was it like 1998 mm-hmm. or seven or seven something like that um and i don't know if y'all saw the video of how they made the top it's so mm-hmm. cool mm-hmm. um it, you know they basically made a cast and then you know uh to make that wet t-shirt kind of look so like there was a lot that went into this what I will always appreciate, especially, you know, as as a white woman who grew up in a very homogenous area, are the things that Simone gets to teach people about black excellence and culture that mm-hmm. the like I immediately looked up like what were some of the inspirations for this looks that I maybe wasn't aware of or I never had cause to know before because of either my privilege or it's not something I grew up with. Um and so I think we always have to remember, and I appreciate like, yeah, Violet Chachki broke the mold, whatever, when she came out in that, but that's what Violet does. This is what Simone does. There's not a single look that she did on her season that wasn't tied to something that was familiar in her upbringing and, and, and something that showcased, um, what it's like to be 
uh, either a black woman or a, a black uh, person in America, right? And I thought that that's what's just so beautiful about this look is that she's once again harnessing that. Um, it, I think that I, I was happy with this. I'm happy that I'm sure that there are people out there who were like, she didn't come out again or whatever. Like, the, no, there's no rule that says you have to come out in the most glamorous gown of all time. Mm-hmm. Come out as you are. This is Simone making statements in drag as drag should be, um, but doing it in a way that is true to her aesthetic and the messages that she would like to make people think about. Mm-hmm. To me, this didn't hit my radar as a like I didn't even think of that until you guys brought it up. I was like, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, and wear a gown. I was like, wow, yeah, she looks stunning. I love those pants. Mm-hmm. End of story. I was more yeah, upset. That's where that I was when I watched it. I was like more upset that Lala Ree didn't do an updated bag look. I that know. I know. Especially because the, the look that she did come out was fine, but it wasn't was like fine. I don't know. I just really wanted, yeah, she should have oh. She couldn't find one designer that would have like happily put together a gown made out of. Oh, come on. That was. I would have died if she came out as one single gift bag. So like the (laughs) spaghetti straps were like the straps for the bag. And it's just like, I would have died. It would have been so good. Oh, uh, yeah. la la Come on now. You, you, you got to give it to us at least once at something. Something, please. <laughs> we're begging. I'm waiting. I'm waiting for it. Okay. Is there anything else from the finale that you guys want to touch on? Otherwise, we'll move to the reunion. No, I just think okay. in general, um, I thought it was a great finale. I was entertained. Um, I think it flowed well. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. I was happy that it wasn't two hours. I don't know why my brain had it as two hours, uh, but I was happy it was only an hour and a half, although it was sandwiched between Mean Girls. Which was hilarious yeah. because when Mean Girls came on after, I was like, "Wait, I just like saw the end with that dramatic ass music." Dun, yeah, dun, dun, dun. <laughs> oh my gosh! Okay, reunion time. So we had a lot of topics discussed at the reunion. We had the queens who were eliminated before the reading challenge get an opportunity to read, and of course, we got boot shoot and toot for some of the looks. The golden boot winner maddie morphosis for her i don't even know what to call it patchwork dress thing coat of many colors <laughs> dress yeah. right. I, hetero i dress. think the, right <laughs> uh, to me the biggest story was of course the continuation of the jasmine kennedy diabetes drama which we got a very heated discussion here and aman you mentioned i think that this was very reminiscent of old school reunion totally felt exactly the same way this was a lot and real it felt like such real emotion Mm -hmm. yeah it definitely did um i mean look i so uh, you can tell sometimes when these queens are just waiting they're just waiting they're not gonna you know bring it up out on gigs out on the road at roscoe so just gonna wait for the reunion to bring this up because i've been waiting to talk to you about this for a long long time it's been months but I'm ready to get in your ass and get in your ass. They did. So, mm-hmm. and I am, I'm happy for it. <laughs> I, I have a lot of respect for diabetes being like, yeah, I'm sorry. I made you feel bad, but I'm not taking back anything I said because I love whoever, I don't know if it was her or Bosco or whatever. When did we get to this world where drag Queens can't be fucking catty? Like that is the point of so many parts of drag queens or whatever, right? Now, I'm not saying that 
the point of being a drag queen should be that you're a bitch. Like, that's not what I'm saying. But you're in a drag competition. There's nothing that Daya was a brat. She was a mm-hmm. brat the way she said things. She was kind of bitchy sometimes, but she like never said anything. Threats, all of yeah, that stuff like, that, she said that she was getting, like, come like, on now. Come on. That's, like, ridiculous. And I also think, like, I kind of sit back, and if it's true of what she was saying about, that's not true, I called you, or you called me right before I had a gig. Like, Jasmine, you know if someone in your cast is at Roscoe's. I'm sorry. Like, you know who is there. It's a It's a rotating schedule. I'm sure all of you and your sisters know, you know what the drill is when you get there, how much time you have, you're going to be there for the viewing, then you have to perform, there's going to be meet and greets, there's stuff that you have to do to prepare. So the one time that you called her was right before Ross, that's on you, Jasmine. That's again, that's another lack of self-awareness thing. Now, all of that said, Jasmine absolutely has every right to feel a certain way because if somebody came at me the way that Daya came at her I would also feel a certain way about it like she there it did feel like Daya was consistently coming after Georges and and Jasmine do I agree with her yeah I kind of do I do agree that you know there were times where I was like Jasmine and Georges are not being sent home and there's no one going home but how much of that is Jasmine and Georges's fault and do you really need to express that to their face? So, yeah, while what you're feeling, Daya, is important, it's not always necessary to express it. So both queens just need to learn a little bit more self-awareness. That's what it came down to. But the fact that people were so up in arms about Daya that they were sending her like death threats and such, like, y'all need to calm down. I have full faith it was nobody who had listened to our podcast, but still. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, obviously, that type of behavior is just completely unacceptable, right? It's like, just like an overcorrection, I feel like, especially within this day and age. And I hate to use this dreaded sentence that I hear a lot of people use whenever they are upset with people for being upset about things that are no longer acceptable in today's society. But I do think that there is like a bit of like, y'all are a little too sensitive. Yeah. Y'all are just a little too sensitive like not everything needs not everything is a cancelable offense you have to remember that people are just people they are in a pressure cooker of a competition they are going to feel things and say things the same way that the rest of us feel things and say things except that we they, they don't they don't really get the luxury of getting to do it on like the privacy of you know of their own home they're on mm-hmm. tv and things come out and they say things and it is what it is it doesn't make any of them horrible people it just means that they just were frustrated and they said something mean and it really is just between the two of them not sure as the audience we can respond to it and we can like have our our feelings about it but i think that's where it needs to end like right you're not like you are a viewer you are not an active participant in this and i feel like with you know, social media and everything. We know the story. It just, with all the access that people have to these queens nowadays, and the younger that the fan base is getting and the less mature that the fan base is getting, they just feel like they just got to, like, go on the attack and just, like, just, you know, defend their faves and Mm -hmm. do all this stuff. And then I think sometimes some of these queens sort of, like, eat it up a little bit. Like, I mean, we saw the whole thing back in season nine with with, uh, Valentina when her fans were attacking Everybody, everybody coming after everybody and she's kind of sat there and didn't say anything because she doesn't want to get ate up herself mm-hmm. so it's like i think i think it's sort of like this like some sometimes it can be a very really good symbiotic relationship because it brings about like prosperity for the queens but also at the same time like it can be very very mentally taxing and emotionally taxing mm-hmm. and i feel like 
people should just have to but just remember it's just a TV show. Even mm-hmm. if somebody says something really, really mean, it's between them. They will handle it. And if they don't want to be friends anymore, then that's it. They don't got to be friends anymore. Like, that don't got nothing to do with you. You can go on about your day and watch the next episode. Like, it just it is was what it is. Inherently, nothing that Daya said that was worse than. Yeah, and Daya isn't like, even the worst of it. Yeah like, yeah. like, there was nothing that she said that is downright hateful or mm-hmm. like something that would go against a protected identity or anything. You know what I mean? Right. Right. So, like, come on. Like there were there, like, take the energy you have for this and put it to the lawmakers and all these States that are like making trans uh, kids lives a living hell or that don't say gay bill or whatever. Take mm-hmm. that and put it where it's actually supposed to be making a difference right now. Why are you mm-hmm. mad at diabetes? for oh. being like, Oh, you're in Like, who cares? Oh, could we like not channel? That's such a fabulous idea. I would love to channel that energy at representatives that are doing horrible shit. Like, right. That's so. Can you imagine all the gays coming after our like yeah. representatives? That would be yeah. awesome. I think they could yeah. actually get something done. I would love yes. that. <laughs> yeah, honestly, <laughs> seriously, every week, every like, you know how we used to, Liana. We used to like plug a charity every week maybe the next thing is okay here's the senator we all have to write to this week yeah, okay exactly. here's the representative here's the state person like we're all coming after this oh my person God. and we've already so funny. we've already seen we've already seen that it's possible to do stuff like that yeah. like when we that whole news story broke about all those people from gen z buying up all of those trump rally tickets i mean not to get yeah. too political but like i'm just saying that there is like movements that like uh, yeah like you should be fo- you focus on more things like that and not like a drag race competition like it's, a drag it's race drag. like yeah let it but let it make you let the energy flow through you just direct it that way like, <laughs> i'm yeah. so mad this Let's person hate. was a bitch but you know Literally. who's also a bitch <laughs> yeah exactly laura bobert like you get dream or whatever right. her dream whatever her name is. yeah exactly <laughs> oh ted cruz there's horrible people <laughs> everywhere yeah that actually have power that are making yeah, yeah the lgbtq community struggle yes okay Mm -hmm. i'm down i love this yeah um okay what else so yeah we had the bosco uh lady camden fight also was discussed Mm -hmm. i felt like camden and uh angeria i can't tell if they're doing things together or if it's just uh we'll see what happens yeah they're getting to know each other better um georges and orion's story although georges apparently does not reply to messages so my favorite thing about that was like there was another showmance and it was like they barely held hands in a van like that's what the showmance was and now jasmine doesn't reply to any messages or georges yeah Yeah. that's exactly yeah that's exactly which is so weird it's like georges you were the one that like like you did this like you wrote a message to um to Orion when she got eliminated saying like I've always had a little bit of a crush on you and now you're not <laughs> responding like apparently it's everybody good. like apparently nobody can get in touch with George because right. that's what the follow-up comments were but wow uh, all right so there was also the discussion of Carrie Colby and mm-hmm. all of the queens who either came out on the show in the case of Jasmine Kennedy or who have come out as trans after the show and so I thought that it was nice that we got to check in with all of the queens that uh, that have gone through or are going through that transition so I thought that that was really nice especially for drag race which has had a 
tough history with trans contestants to actually dedicate a whole segment on the reunion to this. I thought was like, finally. And also (laughs) now it sets up the finale where right now we have a current reigning all-star queen who's trans. Our current reigning queen is trans and the Miss Congeniality is trans. So like Mm -hmm. everybody, there's so much trans representation now, Mm -hmm. but I want to hit home the point that was the most important about Carrie Colby is that her story on the show from the get-go was not look at me, I'm the trans contestant. She was able to encourage other people to come to terms with herself because that's a part of who she is, but Mm -hmm. it's not the whole part of who she is. And I love that Drag Race has kind of stopped being like, um, I don't know, like almost tokenizing of Mm -hmm. trans identities. And it's just like, let's go with the flow, like lead by example as a mainstream um, competition reality show that has queer identities on here. And I love that this is the direction that we've headed in where we had so much more of an organic conversation with Jasmine because it wasn't what is my like edited storyline going to be what my every confessional has to come back to me being trans or something like that. That's what I loved about this season. And that's what I loved about Carrie. Um, and so I'm happy that we were able to check in at the reunion and have a very genuine, lovely conversation about it. Mm-hmm. And I think to include the stuff that happened off the show, I think was good, too, because it fully contextualizes everything that happened and how the queens were inspired by her as mm-hmm. just such a confident human being. Yeah. Uh, OK, let's see. So what else did we get? We got some roasts. We got some looks. Is there anything else that y'all want to talk about for the reunion? I thought that it was okay. Um, It was reminiscent again of season nine where you had kind of a kumbaya season and we had ended up having like one or two kind of like little arguments that happened. But other than that, I don't really feel like I don't think it was as good as the season nine uh, reunion where I was like, oh, shit, that was juicy and I didn't expect it. Um, I felt like this one was Uh, it was solid. Oh, my God. Oh, I loved it so much. Because there's so many iconic moments. Yeah. yeah, it was fun. It was fine. I thought it was good. I, I, do you guys know if the order that these were filmed in? I know we've talked about this before, but do we know if the reunion was filmed before or after the finale? I think before. Or was it after this time? So in pa- in the past, they've done the reunion after the finale, but they've air it first. Uh-huh. I can't remember for this season if they did it. I feel like I remember seeing something online like last week about how they were filming the finale now. Yeah. Okay. So that's what I thought too, that it was like like, based on when they had those like red carpet looks and everything for the finale would have had to have the, the reunion would have had to have filmed right. Based on like when it was filming, which I thought was nice because it felt like it didn't give away too much. But then I was also still, for some reason, trying to read into it. Cause I was like, Oh, and Jerry didn't really talk that much. Willow didn't talk that much. Oh, what does it mean? (laughs) See, I, I thought that it was nice that the reunion ended up not being about the top people. It was about everybody yes. else uh, because right. the finale was going to be about the top people. But I, it, I think it's the same stage as like, cause they had like that workroom door, I thought behind room mm-hmm. um, in the reunion. So I, I don't, it very well could have been filmed the day after, you know, it could have been filmed before. Um, they definitely would have done both filming when they had all yeah. the Queens together. So, right. Okay, well, it's over. So I guess it's neither here nor there. (laughs) It doesn't really matter. I'm just curious. Uh, Okay, all right. Now, is there anything else that you two want to say 
about season 14. Oh, I did love Cornbread's look. Um, oh, yeah. Iconic. Like the beauty yeah. and the beast of it all. Just just beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I, yeah, this was a it was a, a pretty solid season. Long, mm-hmm. but pretty solid. Um, I feel like there are quite a, a, a few queens that I'll be interested to see how they uh, go forth into the world. I am very interested in how Willow handles her reign because especially after seeing what Simone did with hers, I feel like, um, you know, for her to be sort of like, you know, another one of the, of the wacky Queens, um, I'll be interested to see, you know, cause I feel like, I mean, with, with Sasha Valore, I mean, when she won, you know, because we know this over with Evie, cause Evie, you know, she, it was really hard because quarantine. And so, and she's talked about that before, how she's kind of felt like, she feels like she's like an underappreciated winner because she feels like she sort of just didn't get a chance to like get as much love as everybody else because of like what the world was going through at the time, which a little bit of that is like a little self-centered. I'm like, Evie, COVID. <laughs> <laughs> but also that was at the end of your reign. <laughs> so yeah, like yeah. You had like, you had like yeah. a solid 10 months. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but I mean, even with Sasha Valor, I mean, for, not that she's like in the same, the same camp as like a Willow or an Evie, She's still a little bit more of like an avant-garde type of winner. I feel like she's certainly done a lot. She's become very accomplished, but a lot of that is sort of like separate from like what we would think of as like mainstream drag, I guess. Mm-hmm. And so I wonder, um, I wonder if Willow is going to sort of like go that route because she talks about wanting to use her art a lot. And so I wonder like just how she's going to implement that. Is she going to sort of like stay within this realm a little bit? Is she going to like do her own thing, meld the two together? So I'm always interested to see how winners, what they do. I think it'll be mm-hmm. interesting. I think it'll also be interesting too, because both in the case of Evie and um, Willow, you are talking about degenerative diseases. So they do, right. are, they are working a, a, against the clock um, in many capacities too. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, what can Willow do in the next, you know, year or so during her reign, but also afterwards. That's why I'm really excited to see Evie come back for the winter season yeah, because I know that too. this is going to mean a lot to her um, to have this opportunity to come back and show off. I remember her saying that one of the reasons why she was upset that she won was that she probably wouldn't ever come back. Um, so I'm excited that she gets to. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that that is a perfect transition to talk about the last thing that we have to discuss today. And that is all stars season seven it's back, baby. And we are in a month going to be kicking off the new all-star season. And if you're living under a rock, it's all winners. We are going to have eight contestants come back, all previous winners, whether of a regular or an all-star season. So we have Evie, we have Jinx, Shay, Raja, Trinity, Jada, Monet, and the Vivian from UK season one. So this is going to be a really interesting season. It's going to be on Paramount Plus. Uh, so keep an eye out for that. I believe that the episodes will be dropping at like midnight of the Friday. So you can check it out. The first week, May 20th, is going to release two episodes. So that will be the first two episodes of the season. There are some rumors in terms of how it's going to work, but I don't think anything has been officially announced yet. So I think we'll wait on talking mm-hmm. about that. But... Oh, I'm excited. There will be 12 episodes. So I'm just looking at the last episode will be July 29th. So this will be a little longer than we're used to getting for an all-star season, which I'm kind of excited by. Um, Normally we only get about eight, maybe 10 episodes. So the fact we're going to have 12, two of them dropping the first time uh, will be really kind of cool. 
Yeah, word on the street. I mean, if we're allowed to talk about this, word on the street is that the formula is a little different and that it mm-hmm. is going to be point based. Mm-hmm. So I'm really interested to see how they do that because, on one hand, like great, we get to see all the queens the entire time. Wonderful, we get to see their, their all of their art. That'll be great. On the other hand, well, doesn't that make it all the more predictable if like we can clearly see who's winning the entire mm-hmm. time? So I'm like, I just wonder how they're going to do that. Um, and because. I'm yeah. scared because I'm like, to avoid making it too predictable, are people just going? To, you know what? You know what? No, I'm not going to put any negative energy out there right now. I'm I'm excited. Um, I do wish that there were more winners there. I feel like the cast well, is small. And then there's what? rumors that certain queens weren't asked, which is which like, is how, how was Bob not asked? I don't I'm know sorry. Not asked. I know, I, I and I was especially with Monet this, there. I was even yeah, Trinity's yeah. there. I got into this argument with a couple of friends of mine and they were like, I don't know why you're so surprised because Bob always talks about how he would never come back. I'm like, yes, but you still... Bob talks about wanting to come back. (laughs) It just wanted a bigger prize. Right. Like, and it is a bigger prize. I don't know if it's enough for Bob who's making HBO Max money now, but like, (laughs) like, I don't know. I just feel like you still, I feel like you still ask. Like, even if you know that Bianca's probably going to say no, you still ask Bianca because it's not just all stars. It's all winners. It's a season that the fans have been wanting for so long. So mm-hmm. the fact Here's that the like thing. something just feels a little weird to me. I'm like, there's something else going on with Bob because I'm just like, how? It doesn't make any sense. And the, the answer just strictly can't be, oh, it's because Bob would have said no. Like, that doesn't make sense at all. They, they've asked Adore Delano how many times to come back from All-Stars after All-Stars 2. And right, like, now Adore's at a place where apparently she would come back. So I'm just saying, like, they asked Shea Coulee how many times, right? There's, they'll say no, but you put the ask out anyway. I think, I really feel like um, they got a good mix of different kinds of winners here. Mm-hmm. Um, there, There's winners from different kinds of camps and styles like eras of the show and eras in eras and it's going to be interesting like they didn't ask violet apparently but there's a part of me that kind of wonders are they waiting to ask people because they anticipate doing now we're going to move away from only doing all-stars now we're going to do three series in this one year where it's going to be an all-stars but then we're going to have another all winners season but we're going to include more international all-star winners like i i don't i don't know like I With guess. this franchise, I mean, it could always turn into where we've decided that we're going to have a never ending cycle of U.S. based shows purely to make sure Amon, Beth and Liana <laughs> never have a break. Like, I'm OK. And I would be much more. I, I will accept that a lot more because I saw a lot of people saying, oh, they're just holding they're holding them off for like another type of season. And I'm like, but why? But that would make sense if they are trying to do another all winter season if you just want to hold off on like violets and, and, and violets and Joshkis, violets <laughs> and um and sasha's and bob's because then you can get um you you have the chance to get more winners from canada get more winners from uh from uh from the uk so that would make sense to me i would still feel like those are such big ass names that aren't coming back for the first time around that i'm like i, I have I a know, feeling that what they're gonna do is instead of UK versus the world being only uh, like queens from who didn't win already, making it like an international all-stars. I feel like that was set up. I think that there is going to be a season two like it was already. Um, Mm -hmm. But I could see them turning that into like, okay, we're going to make it an international winners 
kind of thing. Now, I don't think that they would have the UK host that because then that means that the winners can't get money. So I don't know. But I don't know. I feel like they're playing with formats in order to figure out something there. Um, I could be very off base. I don't know. Um, I think they're probably just flying by the seat of their pants. I don't think they really know what they're doing. They know that they want to create more drag race. Mm -hmm. And these are ways to do it. And they're yeah. asking people and I things mean, maybe aren't super well planned. I don't know. As someone who's like worked in organizations, I have a feeling like it's not super. Nothing is ever super strategic. Like you like to think it is, but it's just not. I mean, and I, and, and I you know, it, on one hand, it, it very much well could be that. And I'm sort of glad that they decided to do something a little different with this All-Stars because, I mean, as we know, it gets it's getting really stale. Like we all love Drag Race and we're going to continue to watch it, but the big ass blaring elephant in the room is that like some of these girls are not all stars, whatever mm-hmm. you consider them to be. It, you're, you're bringing back people for the third time and watching them lose again for the third time. Shout out to Um, <laughs> And it's just like, come on. So I'm glad that this actually feel, this is a true all star season because it's all winners as opposed to just, you know, another batch mm-hmm. of second chance girls. So that I do like, so, you know, mm-hmm. It should be fun as long as they all bring it. And I feel like this particular batch of queens will bring it because they're winners and they have something to prove. And it's, you know, if it's point based and we get to see all of their looks throughout the entire thing, like it should be pretty cutthroat. As long as it's cutthroat, then, you know, ultimately I don't give a damn. And I think that once you look at the cast again, like again, um, if you had had both Violet and Raja, for example, both of these fashion queens who have very different aesthetics and all that kind of stuff, but you, when you really look at who they've got, it's a pretty diverse cast in terms of strengths of why they want. Like Monet and Trinity won the same season. They have very different skill sets, right? So it's. I just think it's going to be really interesting. Um, I also love that we don't have a lot of white winners. I'm sorry to say it like that, but I really well, like... Well, it's on Paramount Plus, so they had to follow the guidelines of having that 50% definitely definitely i mean but it's one of those things where for so long if you thought about the all-stars hall of fame for example it was like white 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 (laughs) white it wasn't representative of like the winners as a whole so i just like that we're getting a better sample size of like what the winners look like um so i don't know i mean we have a lot of queens who never will come back so that's fine um and i don't think they would have brought that bb bb already competed on an all-stars um, they're definitely not bringing back tyra or, or sharon so no. oh I, I sharon needles was at the bar that i was at <laughs> wait what yeah oh yeah. in drag yeah no okay that makes and sense. it was so it was so it was so because i was like why does she look so familiar like i know she was her in there with the with them with them big ass glasses Mm-hmm. And I was like, why is Joseph familiar? And then everything ended. And then we went up to because the bar that was at has three floors. And we went all the way up to the terrace, the rooftop. And we were just, you know, continuously you're just, you're just, you know, having fun. And you're just talking or whatever. And then she came up. And one of the girls that I was with, she was like, oh, my God, that's Sharon Needles. I was like, oh, that's why. <laughs> over. And I, I won't share what she said on the podcast because I don't know if that's silly appropriate. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, it was, yeah, Sharon Needles. Yeah. Oh, so yeah, cool. Clearly not on Oscar Seven. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, 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 no. We'll never okay. be brought back. <laughs> uh, well, yeah. So that does it for us. Wrapped up everything from season fourteen. The future is bright with All Star season seven on Paramount Plus. We will be covering that, so look out for our coverage. 
in terms of when those episodes will be dropping, it is the beginning of the summer. Things are opening up with COVID. And so between all of us, like I have a conference that I'm going to, Beth's got a wedding. So there's kind of a lot of things out there. So we will do our best to get those episodes out to you. We're going to be recording on some Fridays, but the episodes might be delayed a little bit depending. So just wanted to give a fair warning, but we will be putting out episodes weekly with some combination of the three of us. Okay, we are done. That is it. So, Amon, anything else you want to say? Where can people find you on social media? What do you have going on? You can follow me everywhere at Amon Adwin. Um, I, I'm kind of closing down shop for a little bit. I mean, we'll be back, of course, in the next month or so for uh, for All-Star 7. But, you know, uh, Big Brother Canada is wrapping up um, in the next couple of weeks. So you can see me closing out over there as well um and that'll be it for now all right and beth what about you you can find me at augusta win 11 on all my social media channels um i'm still on my weekly meltdown breaking down survivor every week um and you can also check me out on hot mess moments with dylan zayner we are changing our format uh we have decided that we can no longer wait we really just want to finish each other's shows but also we have a lot going on and we cannot no longer dedicate seven to eight hours a week of just doing that so uh our we're just going to be even bigger hot messes or just gonna be the two of us chatting each week so if you are in the mood to listen to two really dumb people talk for a little while uh check us out on hot mess moments coming back in june all right. And you can find me on Twitter at Liana RHAP podcasting about the mass singer with Puya. We kicked off the final group. So we're going to be going strong with that for a few more weeks. Survivor also going strong. We're going to be talking with Chappelle this week, which is going to be really fun. Mike Bloom and I for the BNB, of course. And that does it for everything that I'm up to. So if you want to leave star ratings and reviews for us on iTunes, Maybe hold off until we start All-Stars, actually, because it's more <laughs> beneficial at the beginning of the season. But if you do want to do that, you can go to robhaswebsite.com slash drag race. And there's one more podcast. I know we are going to be... We're not going to be in your ears, but don't worry. There's another podcast that you can listen to, especially if you like mess, which we obviously mm-hmm. are messes. <laughs> Kirsten and Sasha are going to be kicking off mess magnets. Each week, they're going to be breaking down the hottest gossip, hot goss, and spilling all of the tea, which I think the Drag Race listeners are definitely familiar with. So if you want to hear about the big celebrity news, uh, anonymous listener submitted gossip, definitely subscribe to the podcast. You can subscribe at robhasawebsite.com slash mess feed and you can also submit any mess that you want to Kirsten and Sasha whether it be celeb gossip or any of that anonymous personal mess definitely check that out it's a new show on reality tv wrap ups thank you to Scott St. Pierre for all your help behind the scenes and we'll talk to y'all soon in a month (laughs) bye bye